All right, and we're live. Um, I'm very excited because I have JP and Julie Collins here. Uh, they have a fantastic website and YouTube channel called Book of Ours. It's, they're producing great content that's challenging the mainstream lies and the, the COVID fear narrative. Um, and so, yeah, I'm so excited to have y'all here. Hi. Hi. Hi, thank Hi. you for having us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's been a weird week, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a weird year. Yeah. Well, and yet, and, and yeah. in the weirdest week of that year, probably. Or well, you know, um, the weird year has actually coalesced our our, um, um, our work or our focus. I guess is the best yeah. way to put it. Um, yeah, it really we happens. we are artists, video artists, and um, you know we were working on you know different things here and there talking about uh, social and political topics um but nothing you know specific uh we were going to get into a um a thing about the green new deal and and you know all the things that are going on with like greta and all that stuff uh greta thunberg um and uh, we follow like you know corey morningstar and her work but you know so we were going into that direction and then COVID happened <laughs> yeah um we had hoped also to do more things um, with our community. Uh, we right, had, yeah. We were considering us even starting our own 501c3 to do like community events where people could get together and do, you know, um, art displays and, uh, you know. Well, I can give you some pointers and I'll, because I just went through all the process, all the paperwork with my organization, I Do Not Comply. Mm. Um, which I launched back in uh, July on Fourth of July weekend. So to mount a resistance to all these draconian measures and unconstitutional mandates that have uh, taken over our lives under the guise of public safety. But uh, yeah, so my advice, uh, I can walk you through all that paperwork because now I know it's a lot of bureaucracy and it takes forever. The IRS, it turns out, is a uh, they're not so fast. It's when you're dealing with a big bloated bureaucracy, they, you know. It's not not super well, efficient, especially now, right? right. And they, well, we decided not to do that anyway because you know it involved people getting together, and and you know with things the way they are, we were just like we're going to be spinning our wheels trying to do this, right? So it would be half of our effort would be trying to convince people to come out, you know, because you know, and it's <laughs> right. just it, it only works if there's no pandemic. You know or, what I'm or fear of, of or other fear people, of you know, other people. And, and, you know, then also, like, even if we did do that and we said, you know, you don't have a you don't have to have a mask on and all that, then we'd be fighting the, the other side of the bureaucracy of like, you know, like right. some of these restaurants are doing. Right. And, um, you know, so we just so we we're we, throwing all of our energy into our creative right. work. Yeah. Which is ultimately the best thing anyway for right. us. Because, which is really who we are. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that's one of the that's that's great to hear that you found that to channel your energies into and i see you're already up to thousands and thousands of subscribers on youtube so the content you're putting out there is is getting a warm reception and yeah we're uh, getting, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. you know the, i try to find the silver linings in in this crazy of a year you know like this year uh, it was it's been so transformative i think it's showed us who our who our real friends are who we can really count on who who is going to choose you know their their family and loved ones over or or choose the media over their their loved ones you know are they going to believe the mainstream script or are they going to put like humanity and and what they feel in their gut over right. that yeah um, right so yeah i mean i bought a house this year uh i i'm a first time uh gun owner never wanted to own a firearm i'm one of those guys i'm yeah. part of the uh, all the 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 booming uh, arms industry, I guess, as it is. Um, yeah, we, and I bought a house, and I started a nonprofit organization. So wow. it's, there, there's been some silver linings to it. Yeah, yeah some serious yeah. changes in your life. I, um, I think I had, had heard that you were, um, that you were sort of on the Democrat side of things your whole life, or something, and then you switched. I, I will. Yeah. Well, I will say I I I feel like. I feel like I my positions really haven't changed in a lot of ways. I just think the political spectrum has shifted. Mm, yeah. You know, it, what what I thought if you look at the '90s, the, the left or the liberals of that time were the ones speaking out for freedom of speech. They were saying, you know, you shouldn't censor rap music. You shouldn't censor Rage yeah. Against the Machine. 
now the left are the most censorious. They right. want to shut down free speech. They want to shut down uh, free uh, discourse and debate. So I don't feel like I so much has, have changed, but I think the, the spectrum has changed. But right. in the past, I've always, for presidential candidates, I've, I've always voted for an independent or Green Party candidate. Mm -hmm. I will say in, in 20, uh, 2016, I voted for Jill Stein. Before that, I think I voted for Ralph Nader two yeah. or three times. Yeah, same here. I was a Green Party uh, member for, well, since I voted, I was a, an officially, and I was a member or, a, you know, voting Green. Um, for years. Yeah, well, starting Decades. in, I, like, I voted against, I voted for Nader against uh, Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Bill Clinton. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. And we voted for Jill Stein, too. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, yeah. we went to see her speak. We actually went to a little house party in San yeah. Francisco. And we, we, we uh, and oh, so y'all were probably in California then. Were you yeah, still living yeah, in California? Yeah. 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 So, um, so that was, you know, that was kind of cool. Um, but you know, since then we've you know shifted our our uh, political uh, <laughs> uh, focus dramatically, although not so dramatically, because I feel like I've come full circle in my my own personal uh, political uh, tendency. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll say my my activism uh, history. You know, I, I started during the Bush years, and I was part of an organization called Not in Our Name, and it was all about uh, opposing the the war on terror and the, the the blank check for war in the Middle East using the uh, events of September 11th as kind of that that catalyst or um, impetus for just nonstop war against the that invisible enemy, which was Al Qaeda or then ISIS or whatever uh, yeah. Islamic group. Not that there isn't a true threat from Islamic extremists, but it, it felt like there was a darker, more nefarious agenda behind that blank check for war. And now we're dealing with that the war and terror seems like that uh, paradigm has now just been turned on us where it's now we're the terrorists. Everybody is a walking biohazard and right. the war and terror has become the war on all of us. Well, you know, you're a terrorist for breathing, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, the whole idea of, of turning something like CO2 into um, something that you need to um, curtail and, um, you know, squash down. It's like it's the building block of life, and yet uh, we're being told it's that that there's that there's too much CO two in the world, and it's like how I'm not sure if that's really the case. Um, and I mean, it feels like since we're carbon based life forms, that when they say we need to reduce carbon emissions, is basically what they're saying is that they want to reduce us. us. Mm -hmm. They want to reduce the population. Every time I see you know, Bill Gates say that we need to go after the virus. I know what he's really saying is we need to go after human beings, you know, Absolutely. So that kind of, or I equate that kind of language with these really, um, you know, sort of genocidal and eugenicist type uh, uh, philosophies, you know, that, that have always been kind of behind the scenes. Like they, we've, they've never really been out front and now it's out front. Now they're being, pretty transparent right. about right. Uh, their goals. <laughs> it is, yeah, a hundred percent. It is an open, it is an open conspiracy. We saw, you know, the uh, Klaus Schwab writing about the great reset in last week's uh, it was set to be the, the cover story. I think they changed it the last uh, minute and they, they changed it to uh, a shepherd fairy illustration of a woman with a handkerchief right. saying vote on it, but maybe there was alternate covers, but I know one, the original cover was supposed to be just the Great Reset, and it showed these workers re, you know, restructuring the globe, and then somebody had to put a piece of the the planet back. Yeah, um, and they're quoting Klaus Schwab on the front. <laughs> and and we have Bill Gates, you know, openly talking about using vaccines to depopulate the Earth to reduce the world's population, which should set off a red flag for every sensible person on the planet, right? Of course. If, and it would, but. If you're living longer, right, and you're saving people from disease with vaccines, which is their claim, then people are going to live longer. There's going to be more people alive. There's going to be more people breeding. And when he's pressed on this, he goes, oh, you know, it's this odd phenomenon when people are healthy and uh, they live longer, they, they tend to have less kids. And that's why the vaccines will help to depopulate the world. <laughs> yeah, they've been saying that for a long time. We caught a uh, an old uh, interview with Melinda Gates in Africa uh, on like 
16 minutes or something 16 minutes, yeah. we used it in one of one of our videos and yeah and she's just basically you know outright saying you know it's like well you know this they need to sterilize these people yeah yeah so this this woman she she'll be better off if she has less children if she if she's sterilized i mean you know just awful. And that's what we're up against. We're up against this this elite billionaire class, this this globalist cabal that thinks they are in the position to call the shots for all of humanity. Right. And I think the frightening realization for a lot of us was when COVID supposedly hit, when the scamdemic started in March, when you saw every country, Sands, maybe Sweden and Belarus, fall lockstep behind the script it was like they already controlled this it was almost confirmation that that new world order that agenda it exists and it's already here and they've already taken control of our of our countries of our democracies mm -hmm. yes right. yeah yes like i say a lot i don't know if you follow the live facebook feeds i do every once in a while but i do say a lot you know your country has been occupied and it doesn't feel like an occupation because you don't have jackbooted thugs walking down your street. This is a corporate mm -hmm. uh, coup d'etat. This right. is a, a capture of your sovereignty. Um, you know, the voter has been rendered useless. Uh, and well, that's, that's a great segue into this week. <laughs> Isn't that topic, Yeah. Well, you the know, topic on everybody's mind is this week's election, which the media wants to say it's already been resolved and we have a winner. Uh, Trump is con contesting it. Um, what, what are your thoughts on on this circus of a week with the well, election? To go, to go along with like what we were talking about before, um, in as as a transition, is, is the whole corporate feel good language surrounding um, everything from you know how they're taking over <laughs> um, and why you know you know using words like equity and equitable and and um, uh, sustainable sustainable and things like that. You know, meaning that like we're all going to be equally poor um, when when they get their way, um, but then that transitions into the language that's being used by, say, the Democratic Party, uh, and even you know, so you you go from like corporate feel good language that's very beige to very extremist language that's basically equating anyone who uh, supports. Uh, another idea or set of values um, as a white supremacist or um, uh, you know a a <laughs> you know a, a racist and um, it's it's these full false equivalents yes you know and and it's we pay attention to language a lot um, in our work and it's always very just dis disconcerting to watch people just buy into uh, these things and so you know along the lines of like what uh, um, um, what's his name? <laughs> the, the the apparent president elect uh, Biden. Oh, Joe Biden, <laughs> Sleepy Joe. Yep, Creepy Joe. You know, along with you know, like his his speech as well as Kamala's. Um, you know, these corporate ways of speaking are are also part and parcel of the agendas behind their platforms. Right. Well, and they've already adopted the "Build Back Better" yeah. motto, which is right. the slogan of of this great reset. Yeah. Of, of this new world order, basically. Right. We, we have uh, Prince Charles of, of Wales parroting it. We have, uh, you know, the prime minister in Germany. We have, uh, you know, multiple other pawns of this this agenda yeah. using that slogan, Boris Johnson in the UK. Yeah. I mean, and it's terrifying. I mean, you see this week's Time magazine and, you know, they're announcing president-elect uh, Biden and it's him, it's Biden and Harris with their masks on. You know, they could have used any other picture, but it's the symbolism. Sure. I don't know if you can, yeah. you probably can't see it, but it's uh, no. <laughs> right. But it is just, it's them holding their hands up with their black, you know, new way, new world order slave masks on. Yeah. I feel that regarding the election itself, of course, being that we are not participating in the electoral process, uh, you know, and just to put that out there, we don't, um, fault anybody who does um we we real we we read the room we know that this is the united states of america and a lot of you're people, part of the problem man you we, could have stopped this right we don't we're so, not allowed to complain now because right. we don't so the, 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 well george carlin had a great bit about that he was you know he was like you say i can't complain because i don't vote but you can't complain you 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 cast your vote right, right. You're part of yeah so yeah. 
But I hear you. Go ahead. I know. I think that the um, obviously we have a one party system. It's run by corporate interests. It's you know, and now it's it's escalated. You know, in the age of COVID, COVID has been a nice um, cover to transition into global mm -hmm. interests. Mm -hmm. uh, some people call it the new world order. We call it globalization or global interests or corporate fascism. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we call it. Uh, and global governance. Global governance. It's one of their own words, you, you know. know. Yeah. So we phrases. We uh, we feel that either with either either candidate or with either president that these initiatives and these policies will be affecting us no matter who's in office. Um, but so can I can I ask you a question about that? So did you think that Trump was just controlled opposition the whole time or or was it just was was it just a, an act that he, you know, like spoke for uh, you know, free market capitalism and individual liberties at the World Economic Forum and uh, <laughs> that he's he's he's, you know, there there's some of us that, you know, that, that have really felt like maybe that Trump really stands for the people. Maybe is this last vanguard between that crony global socialism, global fascism and, uh, and, and freedom. But no, do you think I, it was all an act? I, I, I think JP maybe feels this feels that way, but I tell, I, I gotta be completely honest. Like every day, my opinion on that very question changes mm -hmm. because I'm like, well, wait a minute. He did play with Bill Clinton on the golf course before the 2016, you know, yeah. shenanigans hit us. So I, what were they talking about? I, know. I, you know? I go back and forth too. Like at you know? my most conspiratorial, I'm like, the Democrats put him into play. They they got him right. to do this thing right. too, to where it's like, no, he's just, you know, he's just so playing along. But, I think that at the end of the day, my, my true feeling is that uh, with a Trump uh, presidency, these global initiatives that are incredibly anti-life and punitive in nature would have been held off a little bit more. Like he would have been able to hold them at bay a little bit, yeah, a little bit, and maybe I, I don't know. I but, just, but I feel that with a with a Biden Harris ticket, they will be put on on steroids on steroids, yeah. and they it will come fast. At the same time, though, you I know? mean, uh, Trump is has said that he supports stakeholder capitalism which is basically that's Even capital market right and and that's the world economic forums like biggest thing that that is klaus schwab's uh baby he came up with that concept in the 70s and it's been yeah something. he coined that term where, where did trump say that do you do you recall in um, what speech or I don't remember. Oh, uh, you got us. You got us. <laughs> it was probably reading one of our. I'm, uh, I'm fact checking you. I'm fact checking. Uh, I don't know. Well, well, we know that it's something that we, you know, we have heard in our little, you know, group. Probably from um, Allison. Probably from Allison McDowell. Probably. So, and mm -hmm. um, you know whether she's correct in that assessment or not. I, I, I feel that. But I, I feel that with a Biden Harrison ticket you're looking at some serious stuff happening really fast i think i, I agree with you way. i agree yeah wholeheartedly um I, I'm not happy. <laughs> so let's let's make some let's talk predictions on how this plays out right the mainstream media is already announcing biden the winner there's still states i'm here in georgia there georgia is saying they're going to do a recount there's other states where things are being contested there's lawsuits the Trump administration um, supposedly is filing lawsuits to contest the, you know, the vote in multiple states. It was how sus very suspicious, right? How the votes kind of turned in and how COVID uh, uh, set the tone for this, uh, gave this excuse for mail-in ballots, for extra absentee ballots, for early voting. So it it allows this window for all these voter voter risk discrepancies mm -hmm. and all this potential sketchiness to take place. Right. Right. And um, then we see these these states that are taking the longest to count and all these votes that are coming in late. And then 100 percent of these votes all going to Biden, which right. seems very suspicious. Oh, incredibly suspicious. I mean, I hope that if there are lawsuits filed, that it will right any wrongs that have been done. Um, I also know, I mean, my feeling is that you have to talk about the transition integrity right. project. Yeah. You know, yeah, please, please elaborate on that. Cause I actually was, I think I was watching the, um, one of your YouTube, I think your, the YouTube uh, video you put out today, I think. 
or maybe it was yesterday. yesterday I've lost yeah, track. Our, yeah. Our special edition. Our special oh. election edition. I was watching a little bit of the, the special election edition from yesterday and you touched on that. And then I, I Googled it and I started going down the rabbit hole on that. What, what is it called again? The integrity transition integrity project, the TIP transition integrity project. Transition yeah. Integrity Project. So I Googled it and I started reading about it and then I realized I had to, just my life's been a whirlwind. And I, I didn't have enough adequate time to go down yeah. that rabbit hole. So please take me down that rabbit hole now. Uh, Explain to me what that is. Explain to the viewers what, what's going on, what that is about. Uh, it is. It was a simulation that was conducted in June of 2020 uh, and it's headed by um, uh, Niles, uh, I forget his last name, and a woman by the name of Rosa Brooks who has um, uh, connections with like uh, George Soros's Open Society Foundation and, and Niles. They're, they're both academics. And they're both very academics. Yeah. Niles comes out of uh, the University of California, Berkeley. Mm -hmm. um, and he um, is in an organization that focuses on transhumanism. Right. So why is a person who is part of the Open Society Foundation and has a long list of connections with like intelligence community of positions okay and Niles who's part of this organization that is uh, uh, that does, deals with transhumanism why are they heading a simulation event to simulate out the November 2020 elections and so they gamified or simulated what they felt would be um, the various responses mm -hmm. to the various outcomes that would come with the election. So a variety of scenarios. So there were four scenarios. And so we're in, I would say we're in sort of maybe in game three now. So the mm -hmm. first scenario was to, hey, look, we've got to make sure that all the balance, ballots are counted. I did a blog post about it, so we can link that as well. It's a little more comprehensive than what okay. I'm saying right now. But yeah. in game two is, yeah, Biden won. And you would get a lot of the media response and the support and the, the, the partying on the streets to sort mm -hmm. of support this narrative. Right. And then game three is, oh, no, wait, Trump actually won. And so they 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 gamed it out. And then game four is the is the end stage game, which is that, oh, Biden actually did win. Yeah. So and, and it'll be sort of quiet. Yeah. So you know. that's the, the my feeling based on my background in like media and marketing. Um, and that that's that's sort of my take on it. But they did a 22 page analysis of the, the gamification or the, the simulation event. So they did the simulation in, in June of 2020. They produced a report on that simulation in August of 2020. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of in the game two, game three scenario right, right. now. So, so in game three, when, right, so then, then they say that there's four games, right? Four scenarios. Yeah. So, and, and so the, by two, between two and three, Biden's announced the winner. People are celebrating. The people on the left are celebrating. Right. Uh, and and then then it turns out that now it looks like Trump won. Is that brought about by like a court ruling or what in that scenario goes changes the shift from Biden won to Trump won? Yeah. So it's it's yeah it's yeah. him him objecting and him putting out you know a court um, you know uh, lawsuits, lawsuits and. Um, and also, you know, recounts that are going on, like what's going on in Georgia. Mm -hmm. and, you know, you mentioned it, and I heard too that your governor is is ordered a, re, a recount. Right. Um, so uh, these variety of, of of different actions that are taking place from you know the GOP um, right. and other groups uh, will you know feed into that scenario because there's lots of different little things at play in the background of these of these uh, scenarios that have been put into place or that were you know that were explored in this in this uh, event go on right. I'm sorry I didn't mean no no, no I mean I think that my biggest concern about the transition integrity project just my personal concern is why do you need two people to head it up yeah. Yeah. who are involved with transhumanism and also national security um, uh, platforms and the CIA and, and George Soros's Open Society Foundation. Like, what the fuck is that about? Like, why do Absolutely. you do that to game out a, a, mm -hmm. a presidential election? Right. And and a lot of times when we see these simulations, right, that yeah. happen right before the actual event supposed to happen or does happen, like right. with yeah. Event Two Hundred One, where we saw right. this this war game simulation of what happens when a a coronavirus pandemic takes over the world, and you have the heads of 
you know, public health and you have the heads of the airline industry and banks and MasterCard that are all taking part and figure how do we, in a big tech, like how do we handle this? How do we control the narrative? How do we minimize our financial, you know, damages? Uh, it's, it's very telling that if they're, if they're simulating this, this is kind of what we could, this is a good telltale sign of what we can expect. Traditionally, I'm sorry, I want to get this yeah, point yeah. in. Traditionally, this is the realm of, of the PR agencies, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the Hill and Knowltons of the world. And yet what Julie's bringing up is, is it's like, this isn't a PR organization heading this up. This is people that are coming from a, from a like the woman that you were, she was talking about is from, uh, she's a lawyer, she's a law professor. Um, and she's right. involved in all these different organizations as well as law, but you know, like, and then this dude that's in a think tank that's associated with transhumanism. So, you know, it's an unusual move to see this this event take place, not headed up by PR, but from these other um, uh, these other arenas and, and industries. Did you? Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. I mean, uh, you know who Hill and Knowlton were, right? I mean, they were the they're like I the don't PR agencies in the world. One of them. They're one of okay. the biggest PR agencies in the world. They were behind uh, the the girl who said the babies are coming oh, out. Oh, in the first Iraq, in the first Iraq Gulf War. Yeah. Uh, during the the George H W Bush um, era. Mm -hmm. Naya, her name was Naya. She was what it was a, like a daughter of an ambassador <laughs> right. or something, mm -hmm. and they, they pretended she was a nurse, uh, and in, she made a statement in front of. But Congress, or Congress, I, I yeah. don't know. This is a while. This it's, is back in the nineties. Yeah, this is this so, is the late eighties. Was that late. was that to uh, create cause to go to invade and to yeah, to yeah so wait or uh, yeah, any so into uh, Iraq? Yeah, so this was the invasion of, of Iraq the first time, mm -hmm. and the reason was uh, because Iraq was apparently invading Kuwait. Right, um, and so this was this was. Um, a, uh, a PR campaign that had this girl come out and testify in front of Congress saying that um, Iraqi soldiers were breaking into hospitals and taking babies out of incubators and throwing them on the floor or, or bayoneting them. And right. it was, it was all a big show. It was, it was, and a, it was complete fabricated. It was a PR campaign from Hill and Knowlton, right? Who were like some New York firm. I mean, they're you know, one I mean, of the oldest PR campaigns. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've done. I mean, as a, as an employee of another company, <laughs> you know, I've done business with them as, you know, and actually talked, worked with some of their, their people. They're very wide reaching. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. So. The idea about these ga gaming events or these simulations or the gamification of our lives, as I call it, um, why is it that these really creepy organizations are behind them um, and not just your average, you know, a creepy organization like Hill and Knowlton, you know, mm. that, that's my question. And also my next question is, you know, how much more are we going to be gamified? Like what next scenario or simulation are mm. we going to find out? You know, oh, look, and after the fact, you know, we find out right. after, always after the fact. We find we found out about event two hundred one in March or April when mm -hmm. it took place in October of twenty nineteen. Right. We found about found out about um, the transition integrity project recently. Like, well, yeah, it's because other than people like yourselves that are doing uh, independent journalism, you know, media, the journal journalism's dead. We have all the mainstream media has been parroting the same message. Mm -hmm. And I think this, uh, even this election has been a giant wake up call for a lot of people on the right, uh, realizing that even Fox News has been compromised and their beloved Fox News isn't on their side with right. the exception of Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson. The rest of that or the rest of that media outlet is might as well be CNN. Um, yeah. And all those media companies are owned by six there's only six companies that control all the media of the world. Is it six or five now? Yeah, I think it's five. Okay. I, you know. But so what next? What's next? You know, that's that's my question is well, I just what wanna... other <laughs> you know, simulation are they going to create that we're going to find well, out a month well, afterwards? What I want to know is, is if, if Event 201 had a plushy toy, why, <laughs> why didn't TIP or did they? I don't know. Maybe they did have I'd a plushie. I'd love to get one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what I don't know what it is. Burning <laughs> ballots or something. I know. So so here's my prediction. It's interesting because I wasn't familiar about that um, until just today. But my prediction with the election is that it's gonna go 
as follows. It's uh, the, the media has already announced Biden is the winner. Trump's going to contest it in the courts. It is going to go before the judges. They're, some states are going to be recounted. And then ultimately they're going to rule in Trump's favor. And then we basically see the left completely lose their mind. They have just become a rabid mob, right? The, they, uh, whatever the media tells them to, to do, they, they seem to follow 100%, whether that's mask up and stay inside for months or if that is ride in the streets over uh, racial injustice. It, um, it, it can be literally on a, a day difference. It's either you can't leave your home. If you leave your home for any reason other than just to get bare essentials, you are going to kill all the grandmas. Right. You, are, you are a threat to society and there's nothing virtuous about you. Or the next day, if you were not out in the streets protesting George Floyd's death, you are the problem and you are destroying everything with your racism. Yeah. Um, so my feeling is if Trump then wins after they've already got this sense that they won and, and, and Trump has declared the, the legitimate winner of this election, this will be confirmation for the hysterics on the left that Trump was the dictator that they were, they were accusing him of this whole time and he refuses to leave office. And then we've got a full scale kind of civil war, like violence in the streets, um, something that really challenges, destabilizes the whole country, sends us into to a civil war and to a state of just chaos. Because mm -hmm. we know also with you know the, the globalists and the global fascists, whatever we want to call them, they like to order out of chaos is the kind of their MO. Mm -hmm. So what would be more chaotic than sending this country into full scale civil war over Trump, the left claims that Trump's refusing to leave office, and the right will defend him staying in office because they'll yeah. say he was the legitimate winner. Well, I think you know it, if we see that kind of behavior, what's I think what will really be going on will be like what we saw with the BLM protests during the summer, or mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. earlier, mm -hmm. uh, like late summer, where uh, yeah, well, during the summer, um, where it was. Yeah, I'm going to say this that they were basically. Um, uh, somewhat fabricated. Uh, that they actually happened, but they were be being put on by people who were hired to do these things. Right? BLM we, is is a highly funded, well funded organization, mm -hmm. and um, you know that there are actors that are that are performing the so called violence, and the places that were being burned were planned. They they needed them to be burned anyway. Uh, because they were planning to do other things with those that that property and that real estate, um, and and then the whole statue toppling thing, like we know for a fact that the, the statues in San Francisco that were pulled down, one of them was was just junk anyway that was found in the early '60s mm -hmm. that they decided to put up because they needed some decoration there, and right. so they didn't really have any. They didn't care about meaning, that statue, right? Yeah, right. but it did it did have historical meaning. In that you know it was like well he was you know was a slaveholder and blah 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 uh, uh, and so you know these kinds of things um, are all for show and then that one statue that we show in one of our videos that that got rolled down the street from in England right we as, yeah. as, uh, in communitarianism it was it was so during one of these BLM protests they they pulled down the statue and rolled it down the street and then dumped it in the river and then. Basically, after all the cameras went away, they fished it out of the river and they took it back to where it belonged. And they basically did some, uh, some, uh, re, re, uh, uh they, they patched it up and re, redid, you know, fixed it up. And, and, uh, it's probably not back up on a pedestal, but it's inside somewhere. Hmm. They, they basically, they got funding for, 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 uh, you know, getting that statue reconditioned or whatever they call that. I forget the, the term. Like when you want to, you know, re redo a, um, a like refurbished, refurbished, refurbished whatever. Yeah. Um, that you know, I'm sure that there was some sort of funding behind that. So that's why they targeted these things. So these things are all about um, targeting symbols, but there's also money behind that. And I think that that what we're going to be seeing, if there is violence, it's going to be very specific and targeted. And it will, however, it will be made to look like it's worldwide and it's nationwide or, or you know, and it's happening in your backyard. Whereas, you know, like I lived through, okay, I lived through the San Francisco earthquake in 1989 and it, and the press made it look like the entire city was on fire. And it was really just like a, few, little a couple, couple blocks in a neighborhood where, you know, it was built on landfill. So the liquefaction, you know, took down buildings and right. there were gas fires. 
Um, I mean, it's, it's astounding. I think we've all learned the power the media has yeah. in creating people's realities and right. uh, influencing their their perception. And uh, which wh something I wanted to talk about, I, I mentioned to you just briefly before we went live, is how I feel that, that I've seen these similarities between the, the, the COVID cult, as I call it, and an actual cult indoctrinations. Like I, I've just finished watching these documentaries about Nexium, which was this like celebrity laden, crazed, uh, like weird sex cult that was based in like Albany, New York under this guy, Keith Ranieri. But um, a lot of the techniques that he used and other cult members use historically, the media has used to indoctrinate, the media and the public health industrial complex have used to indoctrinate people into this cult-like thinking with the masks and the hand sanitizer mm -hmm. and the six feet. Um, and one of the really interesting things in that documentary is they, they interview this guy, Rick Ross, who's, he's a professional cult deprogrammer where, where he goes in and uh, families will hire him to try to like rescue their, their loved ones that have been um, brainwashed and, and simulated into one of these cults. And he will try to get them out and then try to kind of break the programming to get them back to see how they were being manipulated, manipulated. But he goes over these three things as the defining core principles of what defines a cult. One is that it has a charismatic leader that has absolute accountability. Two is thought reform through coercive persuasion techniques. And the third is that it does harm or exploits the cult members in some way. Now, I think we can definitely agree, right, on two and three, but if, if the COVID cult had a charismatic leader, who who is it? Is it Fauci? Fauci or Gates or both, you know? Right. I think that, um, okay, so <laughs> I've, I have a lot to say regarding what we were just talking about and also what we're talking about now. So, so there's something called social movement organizations where they impact uh your community's um, ideas about what you think is good for your community. Mm -hmm. Social movement organizations are often integrated with like nonprofits. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is where you get this, you know, swarm of sort of the Black Lives Matter protests where everybody is just on the same exact page. Uh, so what they're doing is is these social movement organizations, which are funded, mm -hmm. um, and they use psychological warfare and techniques to indoctrinate people into this, into these, you know, movements and processes and all that. They um, they bank on your, you know, your self esteem issues. Mm -hmm. They bank on your love of community. They use keywords, you know, um, like you know. We want to make sure that no one's oppressed and things like that. So they really build up this idea that you can actually make a difference by getting out in the street and, and, you know, fighting for justice. Okay. So, so there's that aspect. And then the, the entire process regarding the, the electoral um, system mm -hmm. and the voting system. I mean, my feeling is, is that it's, 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 you're in deep. Um, I had an interaction and I did not respond to her, um, but I had an interaction with a dear, dear friend of mine today mm -hmm. who voted mm -hmm. for Biden. And she literally said, I just, you know, I did it because I don't want Trump. And to mm -hmm. me, that just screams indoctrination. That just screams, right. um, you know, that she's now in the cult. She's in a cult. Right. She's being used for a purpose that is, incredibly nefarious it's going to hurt all of us you know all these people who voted for this fascist right. are going to bring us all down well and then to know? go good to go to a place um and you can't respond to people like right, that exactly. because they're literally having a psychotic episode and right. if you engage with people that are having psychotic episodes you will be hurt mm -hmm. Julie was, was no giving me an example of like, you know, she's like, well, I can say orange, 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 orange. And she comes back with, you know, cream pie, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's like completely different like stuff. Right. And um, it's really, it's become really difficult right in the last four years under with Trump and the, the media's portrayal of him and all these, this culture war that is kind of erupted. Right. There's all these various things with like, 
BLM and then uh, the hashtag me too, all these things, there's like right. all this cultural tension and um, these lines have been drawn everywhere. And um, I think it all roads lead back to narcissism. I think it's like you're saying like right. these keywords of people want to fit in the community, but I think it's also social media has really enabled uh, this, this, this rise in narcissism mm -hmm. and everybody, the, the, a narcissist greatest fear is rejection from the collective and to not be validated. So when a lot of people just go along with things and fall in line because they, they fear being, uh, you know, non heterodox, not being part of the, of right. the, the, the conformist, whatever narrative. Um, yeah. so I, I just had a thought that I, I think, you know, maybe this portrayal of Trump, they're taking things that for a lot of people on the right, Trump stands for like, you know, machismo and, uh, maybe in kind of asshole masculinity, but also personal liberty and freedom. Uh, I'm not saying he definitely is those things, but I think he represents that. And I think the fact that he's been so demonized by, by mainstream media, mainstream culture has really been like this concerted, uh, this orchestrated attack on those things that have made America really great. And it's kept it as kind of the last bastion of freedom of, you know, a value on democracy and individual liberties and, I feel like all those things are being demonized and they've been demonized even more with the lockdowns where we saw people that, you know, were protesting in Michigan and they were being shamed as being, you know, militant, racist or selfish because they just, they wanted to buy seeds or mosquito repellent or what, or they wanted to leave their house and feed their children. Right. This, this association that freedom and liberty is, is selfishness because you're not thinking of the greater good and the greater goods being set forth by, these globalist billionaires right. that live in Davos. Right, exactly. Well, like we like to say, the common good language, the common good is also responsible for public stonings, witch burnings, and you know any number of other, oh, uh, public stockades, right? right? So um, it's, it's my <laughs> All of that was done in the name of the common good as well. Right, so it's come on. and yeah. There is no common good. I mean, the yeah. only true sense of, of you know freedom if you we call it sovereignty but the only really true sense of a true democracy is if each individual has sovereignty and autonomy and choice and freedom right you don't exist in a democracy you know, unless you have the individual and, you know and, and so we we recognize that you know personal autonomy is is very important as 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 well as collective autonomy right so the you know the individual if the individual is not free the society or the collective uh, group not is not free, right? right? You can't have one or the other. So, so there's a lot of a lot of good language that comes from you know good, uh, even going back to like Native American sort of way of working in their communities that's been co-opted, repurposed, and represented for the benefit of the ruling class, mm -hmm. for the benefit yeah. of, of this globalization. Uh, World Economic Forum bullshit. Well, I, I find mean, that's going to hurt people. Yeah, I find that a lot of rhetoric has been coming out of leftist um, language, um, whether it's anarchist or Marxist. You know, they take it and they repurpose it and make it into something that you know hurts people rather than talking about liberation. So, as yeah. opposed to it being liberatory and liber, you know, about liberation, it's more about um, keeping people in place and down and using these these words like the common good, which is, I don't find in leftist, uh, well, at least not in, in anarchist language, um, but it does, you do find it in, you know, what's going on right now and, the, and a lot of the communitarianism that's that's being used uh, in, in, in these, these initiatives as well. I mean, it's a cult. <laughs> yeah. Coming back, yeah. it's a cult. We have, we have the cult of Trump derangement syndrome and we have the, the COVID cult. Um, so, okay, so if my scenario doesn't play out and my prediction's wrong and, and it plays out the way that you, that the, um, what is it, the integrity? Transition integrity project. Yeah. Transition integrity project tip, right? Transition yeah. Integrity. Yeah, transition integrity project plays out. So in the end, Biden is still the winner. Let's, let's look at silver linings at, as having uh, this blathering, senile old man uh, and uh, a cop, basically, as the villains uh, to, to represent the you know the global fascist agenda here in America. I think there's silver linings to that. I think the right is going to be 
mm. really motivated and galvanized to, yeah. to resist. And, and, and they're and, also disenfranchised thinking that their vote, they, they're, if, if they can't change things with voting, then maybe it's going to take other means. Um, exactly. I, I, yeah. So maybe that is the silver lining in, in, in a Biden-Harris you know, win. Yes. So I think, if can I feel this? Do you yes, mind? Please. I think that what we, is exactly that, is that it would galvanize the, you know, the, those that are dubious of a forced vaccination. And we're talking about a series of vaccinations. Yeah, it's not just going to be one it's jab. It's not just going to be one jab. It's a series of vaccinations that will alter your human existence. Um, okay, so we'll have all of those people who typically come from the right galvanized to fight against um, Bill Gates and his initiatives and, and all that. But what they, what the right doesn't realize is that there's a good part of the left and we're that, those people that agree with them. So not only will you have the right galvanized, but you'll have a portion of the left, mm -hmm. like the anarchist community. Well, like some the, of us. Some of us in the yeah. anarchist community not that, everyone. Are, yeah, it's that, like uh, that put individual uh, freedom and individual sovereignty first. We will also galvanize. So the the left, the so-called left, we are who are really centrists, the Democratic Party will be on the margins. They will no longer be, they make up only 10% of the population to begin with. And yet they are writing all of the policies and all of the the initiatives and they're writing, they're, they've taken over the press and all of that, but they're only about 10% of, uh, of the population. They're the managerial class. So they yep. will be even further to the margins and the working class and the, you know, and the, and the, and the right will come together. Well, that, that, that's you know, our hope. That's, that's yeah. a, to me, I think that's a better outcome. You know, um, I think, yeah. And that's, that's a realistic. Outcome. I think those are realistic outcomes. Um, the other thing is, is we feel that if, you know, Trump does, you know, if this, this scenario uh, with the TIP doesn't come to pass and Trump does uh, have his. another four years, um, that the, the, the right would just go into, you know, somnolence, right. That'd be like, Okay, well, we're, okay, we're good for another four years. And, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. And they would not fight some of these, these global uh, governance issues that are, that are taking place, you know, especially around like um, uh, the, um, the interstate uh, uh, compacts that are, that are, you know, coming together. Um, and these, these things that are being put into place to bring. What, what, what is that? Can you explain that? The inter interstate compacts? Sure. Yeah. Um, these inter interstate compacts have been around since the beginning of the country. Um, they were a way of states coming together to agree on, you know, water rights or mineral rights or, you know, border issues, whatever they may be. And this is before the, the you know, after the revolution, before the constitution. Uh, they were kept around even after the constitution, although the constitution, you know, um, created and, and codified a lot of the, the issues that were, you know, that the, the, these compacts were created for in the first place. Um, but there were still other issues that needed to be addressed, like the border between, like I think, like Georgia and South Carolina. I think there were some water rights issues that were going on. Okay, so these things existed before, but what's happening now is what we're looking at with global governance is, is um, the 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 hierarchy would be like global, regional, local, basically. I mean, there might be a few things in between, but that's basically the building blocks. Um, Interstate compacts are, are a way of regionalizing the United States and taking the the. Um, are we talking uh, like we're d dividing the country up in districts, like Hunger yeah. Games stuff, basically? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so exactly, exactly. and so yeah. um, global governance is looking to take nation states out of the picture altogether. Um, and you know, like our last video that we talked about, um, called uh, deconstruction, we talk about this very thing. We feel that the, the office of the president of the United States is actually going to go away. We feel that governors are going to go away. And what we'll have are these interstate compacts, um, that are already being formed. Um, and they're made up of, um, corporate interests, um, and, uh, the third, the third, not third space, third, third uh, sector. Third sector these are nonprofits and social me uh, movement organizations, uh, NGOs, and um, and governments. Okay, and um, the current situation, uh, like for instance, the one that the Pennsylvania, New York, and a bunch of other states, um, uh, it's basically 
you've got one representative from each of the states, from the governor's office of each of the states, who's appointed, and then corporate members who are all appointed. So nobody in these compacts are, are have been, yeah, nobody's elected, right. right? And so it takes away uh, the democracy from um, a body that is actually creating regulation, uh, or, you know, regulatory, inf uh, uh, regulatory um, uh, well, for lack of a better regulations um, and that could very well turn into laws. But again, these people are not voted in, they're selected they're and they're basically selected by the corporations who have the, the, the economic interests um, that, that are associated with these compacts. Which right. is, yeah, so it's that public, private public uh, partnership. Yeah. Partnerships, yeah. Exactly. yeah. And that yeah. is essentially, which is real fascism. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is the absolute definition of fascism. Um, so in a nutshell, what you're part of the Southern Compact and we're part of the Northeast Compact. So we are part of Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Delaware, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey. There's seven of us. I think you're Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. Maybe, I don't know, but. And so, and, and y'all did a video on this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, this so, yeah. Video we did. So basically what it is, is they, they formed these compacts and all the governors came together in like April, like just a few weeks after mm -hmm. um, the COVID uh, <laughs> narrative started. And they, mm -hmm. and they all came together unilaterally and said that we will combine our resources, combine our corporate interests to a uh, field uh, which, areas in our little compact in our regions uh, should open first like we got to share an economy we have to share a bureaucracy um and i was trying to explain this to some people in a group that i that i belong to called reopen pa where mm -hmm. i was like look we're the reason that some places are opening first and some places aren't is because we're sharing an economy and a and a regulatory body uh, with six other states now. It's no longer Pennsylvanians for Pennsylvanians or Georgians for Georgians. It's Pennsylvanians for Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, <laughs> Connecticut, Delaware. Yeah. You know, it's it's you for all. And that's where you get this. That's why the, the motto, the you know, Biden's motto, which he pulled directly from Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, is build back better. Yeah. That's why his acceptance speech was just peppered with the word unity, um, mm -hmm. because it's no longer just Californians for Californians. They have to share an economy and a reg regulation with Washington and Nevada and Oregon. Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Oregon and Nevada and California. So there are some states that are not part of these interstate compacts that were formed. Um, unfortunately, I, we live in one, you live in one. So there are some states. So that what are the what are the rogue states like South Dakota? Or like New well, Hampshire, Wyoming, uh, Wyoming. Um, uh, Vermont is not part of yeah. part of it, um, and you, you know, know Arizona is another one. Um, right. In yeah. fact, it, we. In fact, I read an article where, like, the governor of I think it was Vermont or New Hampshire got a call from Cuomo, <laughs> you know, the governor of New York, who said, "So you're going to be part of our, you know, our new our new Northeast Compact, right?" And he was like, "No, click. <laughs> That's <laughs> not what my constituents voted for." So. You know, so all of this is happening in the background. Oh, and what it is, is like you said before, is they will answer to a, a body that represents global governance, a body that represents the globalization of, of all of us. So, Which, really you know, we're, we're coming up in an hour, so we should okay. probably tie it all together. But that, that that's a great place to really kind of wrap things up is uh, a global governance. Right. And that that in my opinion that's what this has all been about right they created they created it's the hegeli uh uh Hegeli dialectic <laughs> thank you where you know uh problem reaction solution right they create this global problem the the scandemic covid's out it's going to kill everybody you know uh countries and states weren't prepared they didn't have enough ventilators blah 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 even though mm -hmm. now we know ventilators just killed people and yet they keep using that as an example um, and so now we got to create gov uh, global governance to solve these problems, you know, and yeah. after the, after the public reacted to that, that manufactured crisis with terror and, um, you know, dread, and they're afraid to even leave their house or afraid of to being, you know, around family members. So we got to create this global governance and, uh, what, what seems to be the, 
uh, a biosecurity state. Like I fear that unless we really fight back and we tear down this infrastructure that's being built, this the plexiglass and the masks and all this stuff is going to stay in place mm -hmm. forever. Is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People have been brainwashed. Right. So these are visual representations of of a very draconian and very authoritarian and totalitarian next next stage stage move, which is you know the capture of your of you for profit into the you know something called investor impact investors, right. you know, they're already in the schools right now and they're able to do it through the schools because we're not there to uh, oversee it. Um, so the, the plexiglass and the masking and all that is a visual representation of, of, a, of, a, of a much more sinister goal that has to do with biofascism, where every Thing about your body is is tracked and used for profit. Uh, we go into this in, in our video, The Great Reset, and in lifelong um, learning, and in lifelong learning. Yeah. So. And it's and it's it's not just uh, it's a behavioral market. <laughs> it's, right. it's 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 so they're they're basically um, tracking your behavior right. um, and and creating uh, you know financializing you through through behavioral markets uh, through um, your your health data. So bio, um, what do they, what does she call it? Uh, bio um, health, bio data markets. I forget the, the right. term. And so all these things are going to be used. Basically, you as a human are going to be reduced to a a form of capital. It's a it's a human capital market. Right. Um, they're re they're literally reintroducing slavery. Yes, literally, literally. Yeah. Uh, just very quickly, I know that we're coming up on the yeah. hour when you know when the country was first you know forming think of think of the gold rush think when people you know rushed to california to to dig into the earth to find the gold okay so we are the earth our bodies are the earth that is being mined for the gold and the gold nuggets are you know uh the net <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. It sounds like a science fiction no novel, but the nanobots that will be that will be part of the vaccine or be in the, it's not actually a vaccine. I, I hate using that word. It's not a vaccine at all. It's basically they want to upgrade you like you would yep. upgrade your computer system. Mm -hmm. So you're upgraded into um, into a dashboard and these nanobots will take your temperature, check your cholesterol, and you will be given alerts, constant nudges and alerts to Buy the product to help your cholesterol go down. Make that appointment, that, that telemedicine appointment on your screen with your doctor. And it will be like kind of a, a punitive existence mm -hmm. where corporations and tech, uh, techno-fascism gets rich off of what they pull out of you the way we got rich, you know, by pulling the gold out of the earth. It's the yeah. best way I can explain it. I wonder, so, you know, there's, we have multiple vaccines in the running to be the, the winning vaccine. We have, of course, Moderna's, Bill Gates, Bill Gates is funding all of them, to my knowledge, but one of his, uh, you know, pet projects is the Moderna mRNA vaccine, which be with the first of its kind, a, a gene editing uh, vaccine. We actually encountered, we, my organization, I do not comply, we had a, a protest down at Grady Hospital here in, in Atlanta, Georgia, where they're, they're trying to find unsuspecting African-American people from the working class communities around Grady to participate in the Moderna phase three right. trials. Right. And we actually, we made so much noise. We were out there uh, for hours that the, the people conducting the Moderna trials came out to even speak with us, which was interesting. We caught some of that. It's ended up on one of our channels or on our Facebook page. Good for you. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You can find a list. I can send you all the list of uh, all the clinical trial sites all across the country. They're pretty much every major city. They're they're testing the Moderna vaccine. It's like the Tuskegee, uh, you know, medical experiments all over again, right? Hundred percent. If people aren't familiar with that, that was an experiment where they knowingly uh, let an African American population suffer and die with syphilis. They uh, under the guise that they were treating them, they were giving them basically saline or shots that had no antibiotics because they wanted to see what syphilis would do to the human body and how it could be transmit transmitted to their offspring and to their, to their other family members. And by the end of that, the last 20 years of that study was overseen by the CDC. So nobody should put their faith in, in that organization. Or Fauci. Um, 
or Fauci or AIDS. <laughs> exactly. I mean, oh my God, yeah. So, but my my question is with the vaccine, and is you know how much of it will be that nanobot technology and something that really pushes us into that full blown transhumanism, and how much of it, how much of the vaccine will just outright either sterilize or kill or paralyze people? Because we like we talked about earlier is depopulation is one of their major goals. And now they, they've created a, a scenario where they can get millions of people to line up to take this jab, mm -hmm. either willingly or under coercion. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, a, that's such a huge topic. And it's, it has to do with uh, class, class war um, and, and classism. And, and mm -hmm. you know, so that's a whole other topic. I know. I, I, maybe that's a can of worms for another day, but food for thought. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, Collins is, it's been so nice to meet you uh, kind of yeah. face to face, at least yeah. through the screen. Uh, I encourage anybody who watches this, watches this to check out your, uh, your YouTube channel and your website book of ours. And, um, you know, be sure to, uh, we're always looking for new freedom fighters for I Do Not Comply. We are uh, about to be a registered 501c3, but we're, uh, we're fighting on multiple fronts from billboards to educational videos to obviously, you know, grassroots street-based activism. Um, I, this is a war that has to be fought on, on many fronts. So let's keep building our base and our network of resistance and- Got it, okay, yeah. Great. Yeah. Amazing. And let's and let's do this again soon. Yes, yes. let's do that. Thank that you good. so much. Awesome. Thank y'all. All right. I'm. I see you soon. Bye. Bye.